Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and it has been a couple of weeks. But as always, I'm joined by Will Muirden. How are you going tonight, Will? We are a few between drinks, my friend, but I'm really good. Uh, weather's warming up. We're in that weird spot. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it between just? Christmas and New Year's. Got no idea what fucking day is. But I thank, <laughs> I'm thankful for college football because it kind of keeps me in check because I, I kind of am able to... Uh, figure everything around that. When do I need okay. to be at home watching college football versus when I can do other things in life? And, and that's kind okay. of how so it's working it's like, for it's, me at the moment. It's your calendar. It's yeah, your, Pretty much, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep you in check between Christmas and New Year's, which doesn't appear to work for you most of the time. Um, before we get into today's show, because we've got a huge show, we're, we're going to catch you up on all the bowl games that have been, all the bowl games that are to come. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of news around these bowl games that have been around and COVID and the impact that's happening. We've had early signing day news, which was about a fortnight ago now. And we actually spoke about that on the show, but there's a lot more information that has come out since then. We go on the punt as well, as always. So Will's going to lose more money. Although Vegas has got no idea what's happening. So there's no way Will does. Um, So yeah, we've got a huge show to get to. Before we do that, Burnley Brewing need to make mention of them. Make sure you enjoy some Burnleys over these warmer days as the as the weather heads east and the warmth heads towards Melbourne as well. Get down to Burnley Brewing uh, and hit up some of their delicious summer ales and pilsners and, and bits and pieces to uh, keep you well hydrated because that's the key in summer is to be appropriately hydrated, which you've been doing a lot of, I assume, William. Yeah, a little bit more than I would have liked. Uh, no, nothing, nothing too crazy. But I, like Boxing Day for me, it's, I'm, a, I'm a big Boxing Day guy because that is where you get to do the stuff you want to do. So like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, that is yeah, the obligation. Yeah, but you're a bit like your European heritage means that Christmas Eve is pretty big for Correct. you guys, yeah, or yeah. New Year's, or yeah. So my side of the family know. very much Christmas Eve dealio. Uh, other other half is Christmas Day, so we do both. Uh, but still, it's it's a it's a lot of obligation. Where Boxing Day, cricket, yeah. racing, fucking the NFL football this year too. Like it was, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vault Studio podcast as well. Make sure you hit those guys up um, as content c- continues to come out and get spewed out, vomited out in so many respects uh, over the course of this holiday period. That is all the obligatory aspects of the show that I do need to make mention of. So now we can get into a little bit of shit talk. Firstly, how was your Christmas? What did you get? Uh, oh, Christmas was good. Got some Oklahoma State gear. Got that shipped yeah, in. Yes. So always yeah, big on that. See that. Happy yeah. to see that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I got. I, I got stitched up a bit. Uh, and I'm going to say this on air, but my, my brother has stitched me up a bit. He's involved in um, a winery. Uh, and they're, they're starting up uh, their own gin at this this winery, mm-hmm. fantastic, great mm-hmm. for them. I got two bottles of gin for Christmas from. That's like from the they've just taken that from the shelf. Like that's promotional stock. You can't be giving that as a gift. Not happy with that. Have you uh, told him? No, not yet. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this, so we should be all good. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that was on on the the receiving side. On the giving side, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I thought it was a little bit risky. I think I went down okay. Uh, but I got, this is gonna be good. I got my partner a lawnmower. Yeah, it's a nice one. That's actually it's it's not even that nice. It's battery powered. <laughs> what you got? Yeah. You got 
the bet the far better half a battery powered lawn i know it's a long way to come like you bought her a car last year is that christmas present last uh, year yeah something like that yeah so like as long as it's a uh some sort of vehicle or like it's got four, four wheels, wheels, four like wheels. but but it sounds like you're stepping down so i'm assuming next year is going to be like a wooden train or something like a little toy who knows train, maybe who knows sc- how scale electrics scale electrics could be the direction you head next that would because, be fun. okay so <laughs> hang on here so this is like her buying oh actually careful here <laughs> this Very is careful. like do you iron your own shirts I'm assuming I d- not. I, d- I do. I do. You do. Okay, so one of the few things that I do do, do around the place. Do you cook? Uh, I do not. I do not. Okay, cook. so this is like her buying you a stone dime 30, 30 centimeter fry pan. Absolutely, is it, it is. not? Is uh, it uh, not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it encourages me to get out and do something that... Uh, no, it's a little bit different because she, she wanted the mower. She wants to do the mowing for our wonderful new lawn that we've got, so... Okay. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's gone down okay. How's the, how's the lawn gone? I'm getting it, obviously. I'm now not... Like, I'm above the age of 30. I have a child, so obviously lawn becomes a big I'm, part of my I'm life I'm a big lawn now. guy now too. It's crazy <laughs> yeah. now I've got this lawn in. Because, like, part of the reason that I got out this lawn mower is when we first pulled up the gravel and shit that we had in there and put down this turf and the irrigation, all, all that stuff. Irrigation? Oh, yeah. Say I put that irrigation again. In. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh. Is it, like, app-controlled? Or are you, like, a... Not yet. Uh, you've got Not a, yet, but okay. I'll get there. I'll get there. It's only a tiny <laughs> little spot that I've got here too, but... It's, it's worth it. And I, as part of this, I was initially hesitant because I didn't want to apply the care to it. I'm like, my gravel here doesn't require any care. Every now and then I need to weed it, but that's it. If we're putting mm-hmm. in lawn, I don't want anything to do with it. She's like, that's fine. I will look after it. So that's kind of why the lawnmower. But now I've started it and I've done it. Yeah. I, I, like when we started going through it, I'm like, I, I'm going to put irrigation in. She's like, we don't need irrigation. This is a time. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing it. And I went away, bought the piping, laid it all out. I've done all of that. And I am really liking it. And it's quite brown at the moment. So I, I gave it a mow for the first Ooh. time with her lawnmower. Look at me. Good bloke. Uh, and I, I, I was cutting it and I was cutting through all the green stuff and I'm kind of like back to the brown yeah. stuff underneath and it kind of hurt yeah. me a bit. Like I was like, I don't want to go any lower because I've lost all my luscious green. Yeah. And, and, and I know it'll come I'm back. A, I know it will. Yeah, it will. And I don't know the lawn type. Maybe I'll come around for a visit and we'll, we'll talk you through it. But little bit, when did you cut it? Uh, this isn't a lawn podcast, although maybe we should be. <laughs> Because a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago, we got some heat coming. We got some we heat do. coming, so you got to get that moisture. Into a lot got... of water, a lot of water. Yeah, good. Don't worry okay, about good. It. Got it. Maybe even get the parasol out. I I can't imagine that it's like, any more we, than about like, two square meters. Are, are we so, under <laughs> water restrictions? Because if not, we may be by the time I'm done watering this bad boy. I'm getting after it at all. Uh, as soon as we finish recording here, I'm heading out there with the hose. Mm. I'll get a beer. Is it just is it big enough? Yes or no? Is it big enough to play a game of Finsker on? Uh, maybe just. Ooh, maybe God. just. Okay. Yeah, she's okay. tight. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's a mini patch of lawn. It's like a, it's a cute little amateur yeah. aspect of lawn. Until I can work my way up into the the big legs. Yeah, exactly. So you're like the uh, you're the you're the East Michigan of lawn, pretty much. Mm. And like the the other positive thing is. Uh, on on this, the lawnmower obviously doesn't do the edges all that well, so I can get uh, get her a whippersnipper for her birthday coming up too. So 
Mate, do it by hand. You With scissors? A, no, you can get a, <laughs> a hand edge. Anyway, small we're not gonna to go, We're that. not going to go into this. You do need to get your fertilizing schedule sorted. Um, you know, maybe now's not really the time, um, especially... Run a lot of seaweed onto it at the moment. A lot of seaweed. You just, you've just mowed, so it's not good. Anyway, let's move on because otherwise <laughs> we're going to get buried here quite literally in lawn. Uh and welcome. Obviously, we have a lot of a whole bunch of middle-aged men, so I'm assure, I'm assuming that they can all like relate to this whole situation. Anyway, the other thing that did happen today, I believe, or the statement certainly came out today, was the passing of John Madden. Now, for uh, a lot of people, particularly Australians, the Madden name is synonymous more so with the game uh, created by EA Sports than the person and the commentator and the coach of the Oakland Raiders for so many years. Um, but just did want to acknowledge that, obviously a big NFL guy, not so much in the college sphere or spectrum, um, but obviously had a huge impact on our connection with the game, I get, uh, with the game, both the real game of American football, but also the, uh, the online virtual game as well, because often for a lot of us in our age group, that is the way we connected with the sport first. It wasn't necessarily watching. It was playing the game first and seeing, hey, there's another football game out here. No one's done a decent AFL game and we've played plenty of FIFA. So let's grab this. And uh, yeah, just just a big, uh, literally big, both physically and, uh, you know, within the sport itself. He, he was a charismatic um, and, and very entertaining personality. And, and he was a big part of anyone who sort of grew up in the early 2000s commentating especially and those games as well yeah absolutely right i mean he was a big reason that both you and i got into it playing the game and and his his role in that and it was like i can vividly remember early days when i had no idea about the fucking sport and i was playing madden for one of the first times i can't remember any of my teachers names by the way but i remember this clearly where (laughs) i'm playing and I, I get to, like, in the red zone, fourth down, and then I bring the punter out. I'm like, it's telling me to you kick a field goal, but I, I like the I like the guys who kick it like Aussie rules, so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to use the punter to kick it through here. And nailed it, and then sure enough, no points. Look, what is going on? I have been robbed here. <laughs> I, th- I feel like we've all got those little things as well in the game because we just had not... Like, an every, every Australian's journey through that experience of learning the game will be different but they're the sorts of things that and, and i've got my set of stories around using the game to educate me and um so many other people do and then once you get through the game section you start looking at nfl films which again a lot of the nfl films we looked at were from the 70s 80s you know so we saw a lot of john madden we saw a lot of you know those old steelers teams and things like that so um you know some really interesting stuff and I'm sure there'll be more content coming out around him because he was a, a really, really big part of the game. Bloke also never flew on planes, ever. So you can yes. imagine how much he travelled, never flew, uh, claustrophobic, didn't like heights, so never boarded a plane, always took a bus around the place. Mm-hmm. He would have racked up some miles. Absolutely. All right, let's get to some college football. I'm going to smash this news button and I'm going to get us out of here in a hurry because we've got a lot to get to and um, this could take a little bit of, a little bit of time. Uh, in terms of news, most of it has been centered around, yes, bowl season. 
uh, and the fact that COVID has ramped back up. We had early signing day, as I mentioned, so I'll get to some of that. And coaching movement is still continuing in flux for a lot of teams as they build out their staffs. Um, but that will not be finalized until potentially after the NFL season has finished and those teams wrap up as as uh, college look to bring some of the NFL guys back down, I say down, into the college game. Uh, but we can only give updates as we find them. Anyway, let's jump in and start with bowl season. It has been chaotic to say the least. I need to give some updates about movements and and bowl games that have been cancelled, etc. Hawaii pulled out of the Hawaii Bowl against Memphis. I also think that's a bit shit. Like, Hawaii... Uh, Memphis people are probably still happy to just go to Hawaii for the holiday. But Hawaii having to play at home, which they get that bowl game a lot. I know it's cheap for them, but surely they want to go and play in a bowl game in Texas or somewhere totally different culturally um, that they can see something different. But anyway... Um, that's one that's happened. Boise State had to cancel the Arizona Bowl bid against Central Michigan. Miami was um, has pulled out of the Sun Bowl against Washington State and then got replaced by Central Michigan. So I don't know how that sits, but um, Washington State are happy to be getting a game. So that's good. Texas A&M bailed out of the Gator Bowl against Wake Forest. And this is really disappointing. But you had Wake, uh, Texas A&M, Wake... A couple of teams, like Texas A&M probably feel like, and, and in every one of these games, we see a situation where it's like one team is there because they have to be and they're just going through the motions. The other team feels like they've got a real opportunity to make a statement. In this case, Wake Forest is a team that was keen to make a statement. They haven't been there before. They're ranked. Um, and now they get to go up against a Texas A&M team that beat Alabama this year and they had a chance to prove themselves. Texas A&M have got nothing to win or gain from this game. If they win, that's what's supposed to happen. If they lose, then they're the losers to Wake Forest. Anyway, Texas A&M is out, and I believe, not necessarily super COVID involved, but they got offered an out. They got offered the blue pill or the red pill, whichever one the right one is, and they took it. As a result, they get replaced by Rutgers, and what a fucking flaccid response that is by college football. Like for like. Like for like swap out there, Texas A&M. I mean, it is what it is. I don't want to be too critical of any of this because this whole COVID situation is so uh, rapidly changing and it's so hard to keep on top of and to make sure that you're making the best decisions for like everyone's health uh, and the well-being of, of the team and with all the external factors that you talked around there. So like, I don't want to comment on it too much. It sucks that we miss out on watching this game. It was one that I was actually looking forward to. Yeah, Wake, yeah. Have, Wake have been really good all year. Uh, an SEC West team who've kind of looked good, beat Alabama at some point. It, it was going to be a good match, so we, we lose out on that. All of these ones that, that we miss out on are, are somewhat disappointing, some more than others, but it, it kind of is what it is. I just really hope now that it doesn't play a part in the semis or some of I the other think, the big ones we've got coming up. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think you're seeing a situation where most of these games are not valued by the teams the schools the players the coaches and i'm going to get to this a little bit later yes teams do like wake forest has got something to play for a&m in this situation doesn't they're happy if they don't play the game really the only there's only two 
which then turns into three bowl games that really matter. The rest of them, and there's more evidence to come, that are just irrelevant, and I'll get to that in a sec. But SMU and Virginia, uh, that is scheduled to play tomorrow morning. That has been cancelled. BC and East Carolina has been cancelled. UCLA pulled out of their bowl game against NC State about four hours before kickoff. Um, so they headed down to San Diego. UCLA had some COVID issues back in LA, but then after traveling, there was understanding that they were going to be okay. That wasn't the case. Um, Dave Durian found out and he wasn't particularly impressed. You can read his statements, but he um, wasn't thrilled that UCLA have, have pulled out and questioned whether that COVID thing has been a real situation or not. Anyway, um, so that's the teams and the games that have been affected. Not only that, you've got your now what is becoming traditional opt-outs of bowl games in terms of individual players. Um, so Garrett Wilson for Ohio State, a big one. He's out of the Rose Bowl. The other big one is Kenny Pickett. He's a Heisman finalist out of Pitt, the quarterback there. Um, they're not. He's not playing against Michigan State in the Peach Bowl, which brings me to my three big gripes here. And this leans back into the playoff. I don't want to turn this into a playoff discussion or argument again, but number one, and this is leans into you, Will, gambling is impossible. Vegas cannot set lines here um, because if there is a different um, betting situation if Kenny Pickett's playing compared to if he isn't. Um, so that makes things really, really hard for... Vegas and you as well, although you probably like it, so you don't really care too much. Um, bowl games, and I've said this just before, but bowl games outside of semifinals are effectively a waste of time. This is the number ten country, uh, number ten team in the country versus the number twelve team in the country. You actually, the only bowl games really that are bigger than this is the Rose Bowl, and then you've got the Notre Dame uh, Oklahoma State game. Anything that isn't the semifinal, there's actually not really too many games that are bigger than this, and you've got people pulling out. These games, these bowl games are irrelevant. The schools do not care. The players do not care. And as a fan, it is less enjoyable. Get rid of the bowl games. It is time. Let's move on. If you want to do a playoff, do a playoff, but stop pretending like these bowl games are significant because the players don't give a shit. The Rose Bowl was, at a time, the biggest bowl game in the country. The granddaddy of them all, as it's called. It is the one that you wanted to be a part of. It is now chop liver. Garrett, like you've got players pulling out of a Rose Bowl. They do not care. Stop pretending like it matters. Okay? And lastly, I haven't watched a single minute of bowl games this year. I actually haven't. I'm going to be honest with you. haven't watched a single minute, and I don't feel like I've missed anything. I love the regular season. I don't have a problem with trying to find a national champion, but this pretense that these bowl games matter to people and that they're there to help define the season they're not it's bullshit the whole thing is crap and when you get a situation which i'll get to later around who's winning and losing the best teams aren't winning because they're not serving up good games like when texas tech go and crush michigan mississippi state that's not a reflection of what's happening in the season like this is a waste of time I'm so sick of these bowl games. Let's find another solution because this ain't it for me.
I, I disagree with most of what you're saying there. And what yeah, I think you have fallen foul of here is that you are letting a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Now, I, I am... Those bad apples, those bad apples... They are, are the significant apples. ...part of college. They are, apples. they are, but your whole argument is that it doesn't matter to the players. That's bullshit. For 90% of the kids, it they love matter. this. They, they, they have, like, you can't tell me that the Oklahoma State team that I've been watching get prepped for this Fiesta Bowl, that are keen as buying in, like, yes, there might be one or two players who have an NFL future ahead of them, and they're thinking about other things. I get that. But everyone else, this is a big deal for them. This has been Most massive. People- they are counting down the minutes for this one. This is potentially the pinnacle of their college football and entire football playing careers. I appreciate that. that, but most people aren't out there to watch a six-year red shirt, senior, COVID-exempted linebacker but, go so, and make four but tackles. But We're should out we there rob watch- them of the opportunity? Should we no, rob we them should, of the no, opportunity? Because no, no, it's no. still got to be something for them. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that, but let's get rid of this idea around a bowl game and let's just rank everybody. And then once you've got your top four, top 12, whatever, rank the next two, then the next two, then the next two, then the next two. Get rid of the bowl buy-ins and then play them if you want to play them. And then but, it, there's, there's what, less like, value that, put on but, them. But that, that doesn't add anything to it. Like The cool thing about a bowl game is that you get to go to a destination. They, put, they, on a a ho- they, they put on they a whole a thing for you. What do you mean? The players don't? Or yeah, the players don't care. The, the, the fans like players, to travel. The, the players, players do not care. Correct. The top. And that's what you, you keep referring to this top. That's but why you are talking watched... the minority. You are talking the absolute doesn't... minority. And like uh, yeah, I agree. It is disappointing from a fan's perspective of the product that we see because we're missing the best players absolutely that makes sense but for these players the the other 95 percent that are on the field that make up the programs it's still a big deal they like the experience being able to travel to the bahamas they like to go to hawaii for the bowl game it's a massive awesome i appreciate that that they've earned having won games to be able to do that and that's fair enough and and I'll, i'll acknowledge that and say yes i agree especially when you've got a team that hasn't made a bowl game for 10 years or whatever and they get an opportunity to play and that is one of the rare situations that i find it particularly valuable and particularly if it is a college central team and by that i mean an oklahoma state is a pretty good example of that because you don't carry a lot of pro prospects generally your ohio states alabama's georgia's Texas A&M's, those teams want, um, and I just named like, Oklahoma's the same boat, Oregon's the same boat, and what you're getting here is a situation where if these teams do not make the playoff and they view themselves as a playoff team, they are out. And this has always been the danger with the playoff to me is that all of a sudden, if you're not in that top four, anything that happens outside of that game is irrelevant, therefore I'm going to sit. And I want to watch the game for the big plays, the crazy moments, the free cash athletic plays. Um, and those things, I'm sorry, just don't happen when your best players aren't out there. They just don't as much as often. I don't know. You see the Utah State quarterback, his first play from scrimmage? I like mean, the backup FCS, quarterback FCS. got to go in there and some just FCS dropped a stuff. dime. Yeah, some FCS was... stuff's been pretty crazy. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, and again, like, you look at the kind of plays being run. I, I think, like, some of this stuff around bowl games is, yes, it's supposed to be let your hair down. Yes, it's supposed to be a reward for the season. 
but it's just gone a little bit too far. It's like now we have to run seven trick plays in a game. Yeah, now it, we it, have but it, to. Yeah, has it like it hasn't been that? These guys are still trying to win it. Uh, I've got like, an offensive I agree. tackle lining up at fullback. That happened, and he, and he, and he got in six foot nine, <laughs> three hundred and eighty pounds. Good luck trying to fucking tackle that. Yeah, they should do it more Monster. often. They, yeah, and then they put their D tackle in on the next goal line drive. Like they exactly. Just so it's a piss punching take. it in. It, hey, it's a, it's a they're scoring. Take. They're scoring points. Oh no, but you're not doing that anyway. Yeah, they might. I, I um, just, I just, I still struggle with. Yeah, this. look, I, I get it. I think it is frustrating. In a perfect world, we would have everyone caring right to the end. Uh, all the players wanting to give their best for their school right to the end and, and, and to be able to do that. It's, it's realistically not going to happen. At least it's better than uh, the Pro Bowl or the, the game that we get there. It, it like feels it, similar oh, uh, in, in some respects. It's not that bad. It, it's not that bad, but it feels... I mean, that's very gentle. <laughs> like That is just a piss fall take. Down. That Yeah, that is a piss take. take. But this, it feels like, like we're on that playing. path, we're on that path you, though. We're yeah, on that path. You, that's what it like, feels like. Uh, watching games today, the guys are still playing hard. It's still good football. Yes, you're missing some studs out there and anyone, and, and that's what we're going to see over the next week. And you need to factor that into your calculations, but it, it's part of it. The guys get to enjoy it, and uh, I think there's still going to be some fun and wacky results that come out of it. Yeah, going to be wacky results. I just, I'm, I am. Um, I you think sound, back to. You sound like an SEC fan. No, I'm not. They have gone yeah, 0-4. Yeah, they have gone 0-4. And, have gone 0 and, 4, and all of a sudden you're like, bowl, they don't matter. Bowl games. But they, Everyone but does them. Like, knows. I want people to, like as a player in the Rose Bowl, can you imagine like telling a, uh, a an Oregon versus Michigan or a USC versus Ohio State back in the 80s and saying, oh, actually, nah, my best player is sitting out because they don't care about this it game. It is disappointing. Like, I'm with you like, on that front. These guys but, would just laugh in your face. You, some players never get to play in this. And I guess 90%, and like you said, 95% of college football is not going to go on to the NFL. And they're not going to play in anything bigger than that. And I appreciate that. But I don't know. There's just something about it. And, and we are clearly... We, you and me, and, and, and as this show's progressed... Our feelings and thoughts and, and beliefs in college football are continuing to change. Um, and I think we're actually getting further apart, which is not a bad thing. Um, I just, what we want out of the game is slightly different, and we can maybe address that in the offseason. Anyway, transfer portal time. Um, you can address any of these, but let's go. Bo Nix is going to Oregon. So the Auburn quarterback has moved to the West Coast. Now he sucks. Um, <laughs> He has never eclipsed his in his three years of playing quarterback at Auburn. He never eclipsed the passer rating that Anthony Brown had this year. Anthony Brown is not good. (laughs) Your reaction to that is perfect (laughs) because he was not good. Keaton Slovis to Pitt, um, so he moves from USC to into the Midwest. Is Pennsylvania Midwest? I think it's Midwest. Uh, Quinn Ewers goes from Ohio State to Texas. Dylan Gabriel from UCF to UCLA. I don't know why, but sure. Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. Max Johnson. And there's a lot of like SEC West transferring here. Max Johnson, the LSU quarterback, son of Super Bowl winning quarterback Brad Johnson, heads to Texas A&M. Casey Thompson, who did really good things at Texas this year, has now gone to TCU. 
Uh, and that's kind of the quarterback news. Now, we've touched on a heap of those, but any thoughts on those quarterback? It seems like people are moving for the sake of moving a little bit, but anyway. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit that, a little bit uh, better opportunities. I really like uh, Keaton Slovis to pit after what we saw with Kenny Pickett. I think he showed some real flashes when he was healthy, Slovis. So that, yeah, that seems like a friendly offensive, like, it's a situation I'd want to be getting into if I'm in his shoes. So that makes sense to me. The rest of it, um, lose Jordan um, Addison though. You lose one of the best receivers true, in the country. True, he's gone, uh, and that yeah. obviously certainly helps. But you, you you want to find yourself in a good position. We we all know that a lot of that uh, is what helps these guys, and that to me stands out. The rest of them, uh, I'm not excited about in the slightest. I'm interested to see what happens with Spencer Rattler. I hope he continues to flame out. Uh, and <laughs> but most of those guys will start at some start, or they're 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 going there to start. I suppose like that'd be projected Quinn starters Ewers. at this point. Yeah. Um, as we move into running backs, Jameer Gibbs goes from and now. He's the number one rated player in the transfer portal. He's gone from Georgia Tech to Alabama. Jaden Hazelwood was a five star receiver when he was uh, out of high school. He's I like on the little 24-7 like recruiting thing as well. And I follow this a lot closer than you do, but you see like the little trend line um, on their stars. So like for a lot of them in the transfer portal, like the trend line's down and they've lost a star. Um, very few of them are like, like yeah, since, we're, we're since they initially like out of high since school. Since they came out mean? of high school, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So most of them have lost. Like Casey Thompson was a five-star. He's now a four-star transfer portal guy. That makes um, sense. I like yeah, that I mean, they've done that though. I know, I know that they were working on that this year. Over the last like, 18 months, they've been working hard to try and update yeah. the transfer portal guys so that they can align yeah. the stars off that. And if you're saying they're doing that, that's that's good. I think that's... How Should be accurate done. that is, who knows. Um, Jaden Hazelwood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jaden Hazelwood to Arkansas. He's a, a really good wide receiver. Austin Stoinier, uh he's gone to South Carolina from Oklahoma. So he joined Spencer Rattler. Those two go together. I don't know if they shared a room or something. Eli Ricks, um, probably outside of Derek Stingley, the best cornerback in the country, um, goes to Alabama. Surprise, surprise. Maryland lost two linebackers this year. Um, Oregon, LSU, and Oklahoma on the whole took huge hits. Now, you see that because uh, what's the trend there? Well, Oklahoma lose a young up-and-coming, I say up-and-coming, but it, like well and truly established Lincoln Riley, offensive mind. He goes to USC, Oklahoma take a hit. LSU gets a guy from a coaching standpoint that is culturally very different and comes from a very different place. Um, than perhaps their boy Ed Orgeron. Um, but uh, that means that a lot of LSU guys are out, out and there's a lot of talk that Keishon Boutte is gone as well, the freak um, wide receiver. And then Oregon loses Mario Cristobal and a lot of those guys are checking out of there as well. So um, coaching changes have an impact on the transfer portal. The one thing I will say before I throw to you here, Will, is that the transfer portal was touted or labeled as the great equalizer of college football that you know all these four and five star guys that were getting racked up at Ohio State and Alabama would get frustrated and then they'd transfer out to other schools and they'd level the playing field well the top two guys in the transfer portal Jameer Gibbs the running back from Georgia Tech and Eli Ricks the cornerback from LSU have both gone to Alabama which means that this whole equalizing thing, surprise, surprise, isn't happening. 
Yeah, should we be shocked that the best recruiting country, uh, team in the country and, and has been for a long time, regardless of where they finish this year, that they have consistently been the best recruiters, are then able to do it through the transfer portal? Like, we shouldn't be shocked at this. It is disappointing to see, but uh, what I do like, and, and you mentioned the trend, is that these are kids who are having a head coaching change and then they're adjusting because of that. I get that. Like, you kind of signed up with a guy, and then when his uh, agenda leaves town for somewhere else, I think that you deserve an opportunity to reassess where you're at too. I don't like the idea of chopping around. I like committing to something, seeing it through, being loyal to a club. I'm big on that. But when a, a, a guy that you signed up for dips out, I think you should get a chance, and we see a lot of that here. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with it there. In terms of the parody piece, yeah, look, it, it yeah. is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of argument, and I know a lot of these guys probably have pro ambitions, although not all the quarterbacks will make it, but pro ambitions, and a lot of the argument is always you should commit to the school because it's your schooling of choice rather than your coach of choice. And I get this is a bit of a different circumstance because someone like Eli Ricks is going to play in the NFL. Like, that's going to happen. Jaden Hazelwood will probably get at least a chance in the NFL. But um, even like, so, I, I get that from a schooling standpoint, but even if like you want to play football somewhere, you want to play football. I chose Oklahoma I, I get, State. I get, I like as get, a football I, fan, I went there because they had a good football program. I didn't go to I Colorado State because they're not good. I get that. But like if I'm a player and I'm like, hey, you can do law at Northwestern or you can do law at fucking... Jeez, we're talking about the, uh, the, like, yeah, I know. the small asked, few I've, percentage I've, now. Yeah, exactly. oh, no, I'm talking cream crop. Okay, let's move on. Let's get to early signing day. Um, now, this, of course, is all the high school guys in the country. You've got the early signing day in December. There is a window of four days that players can sign on for a particular team. Once they've signed that letter of intent, they... Well, they used to have to sit a year if they broke that, but they're probably eligible straight away. How does that work, actually? I don't even know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure now with the transfer portal. Anyway, they probably can put their name straight in the portal if they're not happy or if some coaches shift around or, I don't know, have emails in their history that they perhaps shouldn't have or whatever the case may be. Anyway, Texas A&M are currently sitting at first in the country in terms of recruiting. They have signed four of the top 10 defensive linemen in the country, which is just crazy. And on top of that, throw in the number three edge player. Those two groups are kind of assessed differently. So in terms of a defensive line at Texas A&M, whoa, wow, look out. Um, Alabama currently second. They have a higher average recruit score um, as part of the composite. Um, and they're still in the hunt for some big names that are uncommitted at this stage from there in the top 10 we've got georgia ohio state texas penn state north carolina michigan and oklahoma um, and that gives you your top 10 any thoughts on those teams any surprises anything like that Will? no nothing really i mean that's all fairly stock standard a lot of the same old names rattling around there uh north carolina's up again uh so mac brown showing that he is a hell of a recruiter um texas putting in a strong showing which is uh not unusual always but the case, always <laughs> the case. we'll, we'll yeah. see how that goes um is there anyone outside of that top 10 that's a big shock yeah to yeah so i think there's some interesting ones you got kentucky and missouri sitting at 11 and 12 respectively 
which I think is pretty impressive. Not a huge classes for those two schools, but like Kentucky have been like I don't like if you're just new to college football, Kentucky sucks for so long. They were not good at football. They were a basketball school to recruit in the top top fifteen and to have the number eleven team in the country. That is amazing. Stanford at sixteen, considering their two recent years. I think Stanford at sixteen is pretty amazing. But they're and they're the, they're like they're the West Coast school that, as you said before, if you actually care about your education, like yeah, it should be easy yeah. to recruit to, right? But it's also hard to get in there. Like you've there's academic yeah, but the, the, the kids that care the kids that care about it are probably going to be the ones who are hitting those standards. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Indiana at seventeen. So Tom Allen continues to do a good job there. And yeah, then these, we are, these, into, are all the, these are all the good ones. I want to know who are the bad ones. Who, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Here? It's coming. Just let's just relax. So, um, a, a couple of teams that are on the downturn: Clemson at twenty-four, small class at this stage, no D lineman committed at this point, which is pretty well, rare all for a, them. They're all at A and M. Yeah, exactly. Um, now this leans into my theory that Clemson are on the schneid. They are going to slide hard here with losing their coaches. Um, it's all going to come. Not, I don't want to say crashing down, but they're going to return to the middle of the pack here for me, Clemson. They're going to do what we hoped Alabama, Ohio State, um, these teams would do. Clemson's actually going to be the example of that. Oklahoma State at 26. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. That's, pre- that's pretty good for us. Just just behind you at 28 is Rutgers, if that makes you feel better. It does. Um, and now we're going to work bad to good. So Washington... At number 101, Ooh. USC at 70, Wowee. Florida at 50, and Miami at 48 with only nine commitments at this stage. To give you some sort of perspective, the Campbell Fighting Camels currently sit at number 91 in the country. That is crazy. Campbell have a better class than Washington. That is I, correct. I firstly I think that the scouting community due to COVID and whatnot haven't been able to get out in the northwest. That's, so they just don't uh, maybe accurate. I don't know. That's not accurate. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is concerning for those programs. I'll give you an over under early here. Uh USC's recruiting class next year, sixty positions better than what it is this year. Over Top over under. 10. So where's it sitting? Ten and a half? I'd <laughs> I'd I'd take the under, I guess, whatever that like I guess that's the under. So you think they're like, going to be in the top 10? Yeah, correct. That, that's yeah. A, that is a big turnaround. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll improve as well. Like you, you've got, a, generally speaking at this stage with recruiting, like if you're sitting in that 70, 50, whatever range, your class is really small. So you get more points based on the more kids you have committed. Obviously, that makes sense. The more kids you have, the better you're going to be potentially. The other metric you can look at is the average score per recruit. So Miami, for example, sits at 48 in terms of total class. They're actually in the top five in average recruit score. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that, buddy. While it's a small class... (laughs) The kids they do have a really high that, level. So that one, if, that if, one kid is fucking good. My point is, is if USC can bump up the volume, which we expect them to do before the final signing day in February, then they'll be pretty good. A couple of other notes. Uh, Akron, one loan commit. They're ranked outside of the top 160 in the country. But the big news in all of early signing day was Travis Hunter. Now, he's a cornerback. 
committed to FSU back in early 2020 and flipped on signing day to Jackson State. Now, this is the team coached by Deion Sanders and a lot of noise around NIL here. So he's clearly been thrown a fair bit of cash um, as a result of this because we've never had a five-star kid signed to an FCS school. We've never had the number one recruit in the country signed to an FCS school. I don't think, again, if you're new to recruiting, this is something that's never happened. Um, when you get a lot of these kind of tweets come out of, from players like, I'm going to shock the world tomorrow with my announcement. And they're like, yeah, you, you signed with the school you were committed to, which is also a highest state. Great shock. Like, you, you're not shocking anyone. This is a genuine shock. Who's the, who's the offensive tackle from Central Michigan that went number one overall in the Eric draft? Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, correct. Good, because I forgot his name. Um, like it's almost like a Central Michigan guy going number one overall, but like that times by ten. Like it just it, this shit doesn't happen, and it certainly wouldn't happen without NIL. So maybe this does level the playing field, and apparently Deion Sanders got some more stuff in the works. So maybe Jackson State go and become a uh, a powerhouse. Yeah, and then he'll be able to follow him over to FSU when Deion Sanders moves there in two years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sure you don't have many takes on recruiting at this stage. I think you've done a good job uh, covering it off there, mate. All right. Winners of bowl games. Let's get to those really quickly. Houston over Auburn, 17-13. Texas Tech, as I mentioned earlier, crushed Mississippi State, 34-7. Coastal Carolina come from behind to beat Northern Illinois, 47-41. to Louisiana beat Marshall in that really disappointing matchup, 36-21. Western Kentucky beat App State by three touchdowns, 59-38. to Utah State beat Oregon State in a game that really didn't show any offensive firepower, despite the fact that we thought it would. 24 to 13 and UCF beat Florida for the first time ever. Army beat Missouri and San Diego State beat UTSA pretty handily. Any other games that you want to quickly discuss or highlight? Apart from Daniel uh, Farlele scoring a touchdown for Minnesota in their win against West Virginia today. Well done. Yeah, that absolutely happened and that's fantastic. Anytime Big Aussie Boy uh, gets in, we need to pay our respects to that. Uh, he's looking like a, a top like day one or day two prospect, which is exciting, and which has um, always been like he's been touted with that for a he's while. massive. Like, he's a massive human, <laughs> like he's just yeah. ginormous. They, they don't make him like that very often. Uh, the other one, I I don't think you touched Missouri Army Army not knocking over Missouri there. So I did I did state that, but yeah, oh you did. Okay, I missed it, but uh, yeah, SEC Owen Owen four through the first part of this struggling, struggling. Okay. Let us now, after covering off all those bits and pieces, let's get to the game previews. That's why we're here. We've got, we're only going to hit the two semifinals, or I'm only going to hit the two semifinals. I don't give a shit about anything else, as you can tell about college football. So Will can jump in with anything else that he would like to discuss, but, um, you know, I will. each I will. to their own. <laughs> Good, excellent. So let's start with the Cotton Bowl, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Alabama are anywhere from 13 to 14 point favorites, depending where you look at the moment. I think this is about right. Credit to Cincinnati for being the first group of five team to make it to the playoff. But I just don't see a world in which the Bearcats win this. I've said that already this year, and I think I said it with the Texas A&M 
Bama game. <laughs> so this doesn't look great for me. But we've seen this story before. Bama players are talking up how good Cincinnati are. Saban has only good things to say about Luke Fickle and, and the Bearcats' defense. Spare me. Like, for the love. Like, give me a break here. Watch them on New Year's Day completely dismantle this Bearcats team. They're more talented across the board. Defensively, Cincinnati have taken a step back this year. Bama have been better this year. Des Ritter versus Bryce Young. I'm taking the Heisman winner. Thank you very much. You go, Will, because I just don't see this game being close. Yeah, look, I'm not going to be the guy to die on the Cincinnati Hill. I Everything that I say about this Bearcats outfit is from like a place of hope. Not not from like any any facts or any like true feeling that they're uh, in with a shot in this one because you're right Alabama have them across the field here Bryce Young has been fantastic this year there's a reason he won the Heisman his 43 touchdowns and four interceptions are just nuts you don't give Nick Saban four weeks to prepare for a game and then expect anything other than absolute fucking excellence and and that's what we, we've seen it consistently his record in these playoff games is something like six and two across playoff games like no one else is in that stratosphere he has been amazing this is this on paper seems to be the most lopsided one i'm thrilled that cincinnati have got the opportunity i hope they don't get blown out because then we just like we never get to see it again firstly uh, because well, the playoff will change, so we don't need to worry. It will about be, it, it will be. But until that happens, we, we won't ever get the, to see it again. And then all the other, like this, then gets backdated. That UCF team is, yeah. But did you see what happened with Cincinnati and Alabama? Exact same thing would happen. You just don't fucking know. They're all different teams. It is all different. I'm, I'm really keen to see how this plays out. I am with you. I think Alabama are, are going to crush them, but uh, it'll be cool to see some, something special happen because that's what it would take. And you're seeing mixed reviews all over the place. Like You're seeing a lot of people predict an Alabama blowout. You're seeing Cincinnati being able to keep this game close. I think you've got an interesting situation here where Alabama certainly haven't like they didn't play a complete game all year really we saw them struggle against Auburn going to overtime needing that drive that late drive to be able to even stay in the game Cincinnati Uh, better than Auburn yeah oh exactly but I, I like when one side of the ball struggles if you get one side of the ball out of sync even if it's for a quarter or a half I just don't think Cincinnati have got the players to make them pay on a big enough level to be able to hold them down when things are going okay and then go and win the game so for example if if Alabama's defense is struggling and Jerome Ford can get off the leash against his old school against his old ball club if he can get running and you know and they jump out even if it's the first quarter 14 to nothing even if it's 17 nothing at quarter time i just don't see a world in which they're good enough to hold off when alabama get things cranked up and going uh, they're just not talented enough to do that and we saw a situation where we thought that you know, we had a team that could match Alabama. That was Georgia in the SEC championship game. They were the best defense in the country. And Bryce Young went for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Thank you very much. Yes, they lose John Mechie. That is a huge out. He did an ACL in that game. You got Jamison Williams, who I think is overrated. We're hearing like he's like a round one wide receiver. I don't I don't see that. But he'll be expected to carry the load. 
against a defensive secondary, whether it's Source Gardner, um, we'll, we'll try and shut him down. But then you, you're you also got to match up against Slade Bolton. You've got to match up against Jaleel Billingsley. And the sneaky secret weapon here that I think you're going to see a lot out of is Cameron Latu, the other, other tight end. I think you could see... Um, a couple of like jumbo packages or big sets where you run a couple of tight ends and and get Cameron Latu the ball and allow him to make plays. He's a really, really talented receiver um, and run after the catch guy for a big athletic dude. So I think there's an opportunity there with the uh, tight ends to, to do some real damage here for Alabama. I, I just, I, I believe... In terms of the talent on the offensive side of the ball, the fact that Cincinnati's defense is, yes, it's experienced, and yes, they've been traditionally very good. You've just got too many weapons on this Alabama side. And then you've got to go against one of the nastiest front sevens in the game. It's just it's just not going to happen. Desmond Ritter's going to have to be perfect. And something we've seen from him earlier this year is he's just not that He's not consistently perfect throwing the ball down the ground. He's not a great decision maker consistently. And we're going to see turnovers. The lights are going to be a little too bright for this Bearcats team. I mean, there is one other factor that we haven't talked about at all in in this matchup. But we don't know how these two teams are going to be affected with this recent spike of the virus coming up to it too. And, And I think that is going to play a part. Uh, like it, it is just too rampant in all of sports everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, like it's, it's us too now, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah. Like it, we're seeing it in the NFL, we're seeing it in the NBA, all the pro sports over there. We're seeing all these games get cancelled. It's going to play a part here, and like how that shakes out is anyone's guess. We we have no inside word on any of that, but it is a factor that we you kind of need to think about when uh, putting your money down. Don't put your money down. All right. Uh, so, Pickett, who's winning this game? Uh, I will take Alabama, and I believe they'll win by more than two touchdowns. Ooh, so, Alabama to cover. Um, I agree. Like, nothing about this says to me it's Cincinnati. Because we know Saban gets his teams up as well. Like, he is well, the college. It. he's the college version of Belichick. Like, as soon as they start praising a team, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they are going to murder them. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to Michigan and Georgia. This is the Orange Bowl. Georgia go in seven and a half point favorites in this game. Awkward line um, from a betting perspective. I don't know how I feel about this. You've got a totally different game here. Uh, this is going to be the one to watch. This is the one that I'll be more excited about. I think you've got two underwhelming game managers at quarterback. Uh, you got Cade McNamara for Michigan. you got Stetson Bennett at Georgia, which providing the run game's going, he's going to be good. But we saw when things got out of hand in the SEC Championship game, he does not have the ability to go and win you the game and, and put the team on his back. He just can't do that. You've got two teams that want to run the ball and play good defense, Blake Corum. Uh, versus Amir White and James Cook for Georgia. And then on the defensive side, you've got Aiden Hutchinson, uh, who obviously was a really, really big feature um, in award ceremonies at the end of the year. And then you go up against one of my favorites in Kobe Dean on the defensive side as well. So how do you think this one plays out? Are we just going to get a smash mouth football and this is going to be like 21-24? Or can we see something crazy here? Can... 
you know, can Harbour dial something up or can Kirby Smart get that monkey off his back as being like a, a really good in-season coach and, and really struggles in the playoffs? I do not like Michigan's chances in this one. I, I think they are kind of being fed into the buzzsaw a little bit here. Uh, everything that Harbour is about with this team is establishing the run up front, playing sound, fundamental football, being able to tote the rock. They've averaged over 220 yards a game across the year. That is where they've had success. They've been able Lucky to do Lucky Georgia that. don't have like a huge mammoth nose tackle that can make heaps of tackles. That's- exactly right. And to Jordan Davis and that entire defensive front seven for for Georgia. People are forgetting because of that one game where they gave up 41 points to Alabama how historically good this defense was. And and I'm going to I'm going to overlook the one where they they kind of had the blip and the moment got a big bid for them and things didn't go so well. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to look at the rest of the resume that they had and I think they've been fantastic and they are built to destroy a team like Michigan a team who yes Caden McNamara has been good I've probably been a bit too harsh on him about how uh, one-dimensional this side is like he can throw the ball down the field just not very well not not consistently and I think he's going to be made to do so in this one and it's not going to end well for them give me that Georgia defense crushing through I think Stetson Bennett whilst not being a Bryce Young level talent is good enough in in this situation he has shown the ability and the moxie to get it done himself both through the air and with his legs as you they've got Zamir White uh, and a bevy of backs there as Georgia always does that they're going to be able to have their way there. I mean, this team gave up less than 10 points a year with that 41-point loss on the record. They, they were so historically good defensively. Uh, I think they win this quite comfortably. I think in typical Georgia fashion, they only score like 24 to 30 points, somewhere in that range, but they're not giving up more than two touchdowns, and that's how this is playing out for me. Okay. Fair enough. I think this is going to test all of Harbour's ability. Um, if he can get his team through this, I don't think they're going to out... Well, I say I don't think. They're not going to out-talent Georgia. This is a really, really talented team. I think that sometimes gets overlooked. We're just like, oh, yeah, they're really good on defense. But they're talented across the board as well. You've got George Pickens getting a little bit more time and, and more reps and more practice. So all of a sudden you've got a six foot five first round number one wide receiver that you can now throw jump balls to if you need to, um, and then you've got your boy Bowers as well um, at the tight end position to to work that play action game and and find creative ways to get him the ball. So I think this Georgia team is is going to be really really difficult to score and uh, to score on and seventeen points for Georgia to me, would be enough to win this game. That's all they need to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, hit me with your other games. You're going to want to hit some other stuff. So yes, talk yeah, us yeah absolutely. I want to get through some of the New Year's 6 ones. So we've got the Peach Bowl. Uh, Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Lost a lot of luster with your opt-outs. I can see why you'd be a little bit disheartened. Kenny Pickett, uh, Heisman yeah. finalist, fantastic. Um, got a rule change in the game implemented. That's fantastic. That's great the to have on the slide. resume. The fake slide. Can't be doing that. Uh, did, I didn't hear what it is if you fake slide. I assume it's now what I proposed after it happened. That uh, you can just get no, jacked up. <laughs> there's no longer roughing the passer. Is <laughs> no longer applies from that point on. Uh, and uh, also Kenneth Walker. 
Kenny Walker the third. He's pulled too. So the, the two guys that you would be dialed into to watch in this are not playing. Um, so th- th- this is like the, the poster child of your argument about yeah, bowl season. I and I get that. And like it really is. It's, it's hard to see... What what's true like value for either of his teams because they've both yeah, been fantastic, right. right? Like both teams yeah. have had great but, but years. But what does it, like what does it mean? Guys... Like what does it mean when I, I think Pitts- it means when, when Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh, um, who's been a high powered offense, scored twenty one points on the day, and Michigan State, which has been able to run the ball all year, puts up eighty seven yards on the ground. Like it doesn't yeah. tell us anything. I mean, like it's it, just it, it doesn't tell us anything about these two teams at full strength. But what it does tell us is like so these, I'm not going to watch so these that, programs. And, and that right there is what I'm not going to watch. And, and that's fair, but for yeah, these yeah. kids, the 89 players that are left running around uh, and, and kitting up for this one, it will mean something. And, and they're going to be clawing and fighting hard to bring home uh, the Peach Bowl victory there. Uh, I like Michigan State. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett's probably more of a loss than, than Kenneth Walker, and that's not to talk down Walker. I just think running the back position is probably the most... <laughs> exactly yeah. right, like... Yeah. That is what it is. Uh, if you had to pick one there, you wouldn't. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, they have named a quarterback at Pitt, but I, I, I don't, I don't care. I, you know what? I'm taking Pitt. Fuck it. Like, I, I don't. It's just, it's so disappointing. I, I, I should be excited about the number ten versus number twelve team in the country. I'm not. Yep. Uh, no, I, I feel yeah, and like, and, and 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 I guess the other thing, and I haven't banged on about this too much, but like, we we enjoy watching the Kenny Pickett led Pittsburgh. We enjoy watching the Kenneth Walker led Michigan State. That's why we watch these teams. I can't watch those teams, so I'm not going to. Like those teams don't exist in this game, so it's really hard to get a sense of are they going to do things the same? Like Michigan State, are they now a pass first offense? Is that is that a thing? Like. A Pittsburgh going to try and run the ball? They don't have a like the quarterback they now have is not going to be able to pass as effectively as Kenny Pickett. So, are they going to now? Maybe they'll run do a the Baylor ball? and it will be better. Who knows? I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, let's push All on. Right, let's go Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State uh, against number five Notre Dame. So number nine Oklahoma State, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm excited for this one. Uh, I think Oklahoma State uh, get most of the guys available for this one. There's still some question marks around whether Jalen Warren's going to be available. Obviously, a massive part of that offense uh, and, and a centerpiece in the run game there. Notre Dame uh, missing Kyle Hamilton and... Just the best player in the defensive secondary in the country, but yep. He is, he is. But he's also missed like the last four yeah, games of the year yeah, he's been yeah. out for a little while uh, I believe they had another opt out as well oh the running back um, Williams Kyron Williams yeah. also a fairly uh. handy one for them <laughs> Good. Um, but you're the, not the, helping the, any of your arguments here when you keep naming these opt outs the Fighting Irish are still come in as favourite here, so they're two and a half point favourite. But I think this will be a really good matchup to see. And I know earlier on in the year, you and I were kind of arguing when uh, both Oklahoma State and Notre Dame were kind of on the cusp. And it was like, well, if, if both of these teams win out for the top four, who, who's the better team? And it's not kind of more who's, who's more deserving, but who's the better team? Uh, I and guess we will never know. <laughs> your argument we is we're not going to find know. out. We're not going to find out. We won't find out. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I, I think there's enough here for these two programs. Like, yes, you're, you're missing a guy. Like, you've you got yep. one that's been hurt anyways. You're missing a guy that could be hurt at any point in time. Yep. If, if your whole program is built around one player, then you've got serious issues. If the Bucks lose Tom Brady, we're fucked. That's, that's it, real. Both starting quarterbacks are available and playing in this one. <laughs> and as an Oklahoma State fan, I'm nervous about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some of your better work. <laughs> uh, look, that, that loss against Baylor still stings. I think not only stings me, probably the players a little bit, almost as much as it does me. Uh, and I think on the back of that, that they, they've been working hard for this. I think it's going to mean more. It's just going to mean more. Uh, my, my Cowboys primed. I'm excited. I'm keen for it. I think it's 4.30 a.m. kick, which is rough. What, what are you doing for New Year's? What are you doing for New Year's? Well, I think this is on the second though, because it's like uh, on the New Year's Day, so it's the the second hour. That time, is so. too. It so is I'll too. be good. I'll be good. I'm yeah. following Professor Spurrier's advice for New Year's: just doing nothing. Uh, actually, I'll probably go to the cricket where there's twenty five thousand other people. <laughs> the, the opposite of nothing. I'll be super <laughs> spreading. Uh, you got got a take on this game, my friend? Uh. Not really. I think Notre Dame's offense has been pedestrian and you're coming up against one of the best uh, defenses in the country. Is Jim Knowles going to be there though? No, he's, he's checked out. He starts his new job on the first, I think. Okay, so I don't know how big of an impact that has. Obviously, the the schematically you stay the same, but in terms of his play calling ability, you lose that. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, they got uh, Gundy saying he hasn't announced yet, but he might have two defensive play callers which i don't know how that works uh i'm you like, you, you you do this one i'll, I'll do exactly right i'll, exactly I'll do right. the next i've one. got the I'll first downs you've got the second downs and then we <laughs> alternate third down scenarios yeah um so you've got to think that the oklahoma state defense like if there's one thing that's probably going to stay consistent it's the it's the defensive side of the ball um actually we haven't fucking mentioned this at all you talked about all the opt-outs and stuff the coaches moving around creates yeah, just as much up. as just as much as a shit show for all of these games. So yeah, if anything, the, I mean, for your this, argument, the coaches make these like <laughs> make these games re- mostly is, mostly it's for losing teams though, right? And they're not here. Well, but. or no, yeah, but not necessarily because Georgia lose their um, Dan Lanning lose their yeah. defensive coordinator, which yeah, is but the he's sticking it out, or is he not? Is he gone? I thought he was sticking Shit, it out. You're testing me. There's a lot of guys that are staying and some that aren't. Uh, yeah, I know Knowles isn't. And this is a Fiesta Bowl. Like, this is a pretty big yeah. deal for the Cowboys. I don't play in exactly. many so, so, like, you've got... A, like this. That, that's what this this whole bowl season to me is a fucking disaster. Like, this is why I don't... Like, the teams that we're trying to compete that we're trying to compare and analyze are not the same teams that played earlier in the year. And we enjoyed the narrative of the teams that we saw throughout the regular I, season. I don't know who these teams are. Anymore. I wish I didn't open but, this, this box. Yeah, you did. You, <laughs> yeah, you fucked yourself. Uh, Utah, Ohio state. That is, yes. te- Utah is a team that hasn't changed. So I'm picking Utah. They are they, rock they, solid. They are so rock solid. Like first Rose bowl ever. Yeah. They are just ramped up. They've won their last six uh, by a margin of 238 to 90. They, they, this team is rocking, and they're into it. They're all feeling it. This, this is like a, a program that's doing it right, and uh, I love the way that Whittingham's got them going. Uh, Ohio State, oh, it's not a playoff. We don't give a fuck. Uh, exactly. I, exactly. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Uh, 
California this time of year, eh, then I'm going to stay in Columbus. That's all good. Um, not for us. And that's what it feels like. And, and I hate yeah. that. I, I hate, like, yeah. CJ Stroud's still going to be there, right? And, and he's, yeah. he's a player. They're, they're still going to have dudes. They're, they're three deep, can match it talent wise with a Utah. But this Utah yeah, but program, a, it's exactly right. Exactly right. It's not yeah. a talent thing. This is a team that is dialed in, that has been working together all year, that has kind of built themselves to this position versus an Ohio State team who are going to be there. <laughs> and my number one ranked of my top 10 college football games, number seven, Baylor, and number eight, Ole Miss. It's a good one. Uh, Baylor to me a bit similar to Utah you're not getting from the Baylors and the Utahs of the world again if college football is relatively new to you these teams are not the heavy hitters in terms of NFL um, producers I suppose yes they're going to produce NFL talent but not to the level where these guys are consistently opting out or consistently looking I don't know. It feels like Dave Aranda's created a culture. Kyle Whittingham's created a culture where the team is above anything that an individual will do because they just don't have that superstar talent. And they they never have. Um, so if anything, that, that leans into these teams being more likely to win in bowl season, probably because they've just got that continuity. Yes. I like, yeah, I, I 100% big believer in the culture piece that you talk about there. Uh, this one, however, I think I'll miss... I've got most sticking around. Matty Corral, like projected top 10 pick, he's playing. Rare. rare. Which, which is fantastic. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support that by throwing my faith behind the Rebels. Fucking get uh, around them. Uh, and I think they're going to knock off uh, the pride of the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is it in terms of games. We, it, we have, to, we have to leave that there. Um, but also want to mention Tennessee, Purdue, get around the Boilermakers. There's two teams that aren't producing any pro prospects at the moment, actually. No, uh, Tennessee okay. will. They're just going to transfer out first and then they'll Not, go pro. Yeah, okay. Um, now, we've, fuck me, we've spoken a lot. We've been here a long time. There's been a monster episode. If you've stuck with us this far. Um, now, yeah, damn straight. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. Now you're becoming continent. Over the Christmas break. <laughs> um, uh, now, you had bets on prior. I did. Now, I did. do I need to oh, spin the wheel? I almost you, did you've, it. Got a, you've got a grin on your face, so I'm going to go with this one. Oh. I, almost, I almost hit the jackpot too. I almost had the big collect. I went four from five, and the only one that I missed was the one that I was most certain of, so we, shouldn't, <laughs> we should not be surprised at that. Uh, but dial it back uh, Middle Tennessee plus 10 over Toledo they won Western Kentucky mm-hmm. plus 3 over App they won uh, Utah State plus 7 over Oregon State they won <sighs> look at that 3 I've, I've picked outrights there I've taken the points like a little pussy but yeah. uh, all, all good I also had Louisiana minus 5 that was, that was tight but they, they managed to get the job done in the end and run away with it so uh, they got that there's, there's 4 it was the bloody Mormons, uh, BYU, and I, I say that lovingly. Um, they are the team that let me down uh, against U- UAB. Played well. Uh, Tyler Algier in this one, in fact, was fantastic for BYU. He's really good. He's actually just declared yeah. uh, he's going pro, which I think is interesting. He's one to watch out for, for all you fantasy heads out there. But 
BYU let me down here. I went four from five. That means that it's my first positive week since... Week three on the year. So I have, <laughs> I have gone like 11 weeks in the negative. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so that, that uh, got and me... And also, uh, like how you said, Tyler Algier, uh, great running back, probably means he'll go undrafted because Will nice. thinks he's good. So. Uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I, can't pump, I can't pump, but I can fantasy, sort of. 192 yards and three touchdowns for him, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, so that gave me plus 138 units. So now I'm only down a respectable 398. 400 units. Yes. We've yeah. had more COVID cases in the last 12 minutes than you are down units on the year. And I was so close to getting it all back and some, but hey, that's why we have this week. So let's let's drum roll into this. Drum roll? Well, like, I don't, just do, I don't, do your thing. Play your music. I, I don't have a drum roll, dude. No. You gotta give me, you Here gotta, comes the money. Give me some time if you want a drum roll. We're into it. All right, it's my last chance. Unless I load up on the national. No, we'll say this is my last chance. Uh, we'll have some fun with this, and then I'll just have side bets on the national championship game. You guys follow us on Twitter. You know, you, you know where the goods are at, or where to stay away from. Whatever. All right, on the punt. I haven't hit any of the semi-final games. I've. I've Kept clear of them, but uh, what I have got for you, a couple of games we didn't touch on, South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, battle of two different Carolinas. Uh, I'm taking South Carolina <laughs> Good. Pl- plus nine and a half in this one. Uh, I think they're uh, a team heading in the right direction. I, I like uh, what Shane Beamer's got going on there. I think he's a bit of a weird dude. They've been terrible uh, this year. They've been average. But so you have North Carolina. Uh, and it, do we know if Sam Howell's playing in this one? I don't think he is. but I, I don't believe he is either. And I think he is a very important piece of this. I think South Carolina are going to su- surprise a few people. Nine and a half points is a lot. Give me South Carolina here plus the points. Uh, next up, I'm taking Michigan State minus two and a half. As we mentioned, Kenny Pickett not playing in this one, I think is going to be a big blow for the Pitt Panthers. I think Michigan State are going to play some ugly-ass football where they're going to run the ball a lot, and that's going to be effective, and they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to own the ball a lot, and that'll be enough for them to win and cover the two and a half points there. So give me Spartans. Uh, I'm taking Arkansas minus one and a half against Penn State. Now, Penn State are one of those teams that you talked about. You've got quite a few pro prospects, or at least dudes who think they're pro prospects, uh, and they seem to be all jumping ship. A lot of the key contributors there are not going to be around the place. Uh, they also went two and four on the year against ranked teams. Uh, pretty sure Arkansas is ranked at the moment. If not, sure. they're, they're good. Uh, like so leaning into me here. I was I was hoping you'd help me, but you didn't. Uh, give me give me Arkansas. Give me, give me a minute. Um, next up, I'm taking Iowa uh, to win over Kentucky. So they're a three point underdog, but I'm taking them to win. I think they beat Kentucky. I think this Iowa team has won a lot of games this year. Uh, they haven't done it in sexy fashion. And that's put a lot of people off, but I think. They uh, play really, really good defense, and Kentucky are going to struggle against this outfit. Uh, Spencer Petras is not a guy who instills a lot of excitement and hope, but give me the Hawkeyes here uh, to win, provide an upset. And then the last one, Ole Miss. Ole Miss over Baylor, uh, the minus one and a half I think you get at the moment. 
Uh, Matty Corral, as I said, I think you see him off. So for all the shitbagging I've been given the SEC here, I've gone three SEC teams. I think they even the ledger a little bit. I think <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Uh, I have picked against one, but those are my picks. All five of those coming up, and then we're, we're back, baby. Happy days. Uh, will you be positive if all five of those come up? Yes, very much so. As I said, like I win a thousand bucks if they all get up. So like you've just got to land. So you're telling me you've just got to land one five out of five for the year. Yes, yes. So if you go five for five and you, does it? Is that all against the spread? Like you're not picking up set. Like if you do, you need uh, to pick those upsets. Not necessarily. It, it depends. It, it surely, surely we can jag one five out of five. You would have thought. That's all you need. You would have thought. We're that good. You are that good, my friend. I but I'm not though. But I'm not though. I hit sixty percent, but didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what you need to hit. You need to be. Hitting. Well, I hit. I hit four three times, and I hit one six times. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> just just the time it took you to count those up, I was like, "Well, this isn't good." <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get any donuts though, Will? Zero donuts, which is... Uh, okay, that's good. That yeah. is good. <laughs> okay, okay, that brings us to the end of a mammoth show here. Um, thank you very much for joining us uh, on behalf of that guy over there. My name is Aaron. That is Will. Enjoy your college football semifinal. Enjoy your New Year's and we will see you in 2022. <laughs>